the glory forever. Amen. Wow, what a day already, huh? My heart is full. It's expanding. The choir, fantastic. The praise band. Oh, by the way, if you're on social media, now you can pull your phones out, and on your LinkedIn social media update, you can say, I can speak Zulu. You got that going for you. And uh, if you see Alfredo with a little extra spring in his step, uh, he's going to be perhaps a little bit embarrassed, but I'm not for him. Uh, He is no longer Reverend soon-to-be doctor, Alfredo Delgado. He is the Reverend Doctor, Alfredo Delgado, as of Wednesday. As of Wednesday. So we got the doctor and the principal here today. I'm nervous. Seriously. We're looking at public Jesus. We're marching our way to Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus is making his way into uh, the city of Jericho. I've had a blast this week looking into this text. Just remembering it, diving in deeper. The story of Zacchaeus, and I may slip and call him Zach. Sorry. Uh, that's just the way my mind thinks. You know, this is one of those stories that's used mostly with children, but I think it's actually better for us sophisticated adults. And I think we're going to have a little bit of a fun time this morning. Now, I don't remember all the words to the song, but I, and I might need somebody here to help me, but the song goes something like this, and if you know it, I need your help, because the words, I missed a couple days in Sunday school when I was a kid growing up. But it goes like this, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he, he climbed into the sycamore tree, for the Lord he wanted to Thank you very much. Let's just hold it right there. Now this, uh, this story is unique to Luke. This story bookends last week, if you were here with Alfredo last week, we had the rich young ruler that was the party animal, and, it, and the text said he partied every single day, right? So it's kind of, a, kind of a negative example of how not to use your money. Today we're going to bookend that on the other side with Zacchaeus, who's actually a great example of a rich man that makes it through the eye of a needle. And using his money and his heart well. There's nothing about his life in private that's revealed in this text, and I find that interesting. Talk about a public Jesus and a public topic for all to see. We don't know anything about his private life, not one little iota. And yet, This is a public Jesus pursuing a tax collector. What? Pursuing public enemy in Jericho, number one. Jericho, if they had a hit list, this guy was on it. He was the most wanted man because of the way he extorted people all the way through. So as we look at the text, I'm going to point out a few curiosities and then bring it home at the end with a few R's to help us remember. So let's go to the text. A few curiosities. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. 
So he's heading to Jerusalem for the crucifixion. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, a.k.a. Zach. He was a chief, keyword, chief tax collector and was wealthy. Now, chief tax collector is interesting because this was a great pyramid scheme. He was not only making money off the people he was collecting taxes from, he also had underlings that were tax collectors. Anytime money exchanged hands back in that day, somebody got a little, little extra something, something, little bling. So Zacchaeus was one of these guys that was making money off of the folks he was collecting taxes from, and he was getting bottom-up money from all of his underlings. So this guy was getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. In fact, his clothes were getting nicer and nicer and nicer. J.C. Penney, Macy's, Nordstrom's, fine Italian, fine Italian clothing. This is Zacchaeus. Everybody saw it. Everybody knew what was going on publicly with Zacchaeus. Now check this out, though. He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, it's interesting that that phrase is there because in Luke's gospel, there are two categories of people that Luke looks upon favorably. Are you ready? You know what one of them is? It's right here in the text. Tax collectors and sinners. Luke likes tax collectors and sinners. How about you? How about anybody in the church in the last 2,000 years? Jesus, in Luke, liked tax collectors and sinners. Think about it. Think about it. Those marginalized people groups, Luke loved them. Jesus went there. But this particular fella, Zach, he wanted to see who Jesus was. However, because he was short... That song, Short People, it just keeps ringing in my head. Because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. You ever been in a place that's been so crowded you can't see? We got two Zacchaeuses in the second row up here. About a month ago, JB and I and another friend of his, we went to the Genesis Open. And we, you know, kind of meandered around for, for a few hours and, until a, a guy uh, named Tiger Woods teed off. And it seemed like everybody from the whole golf course went to where he was. And he starts out with a birdie, second hole, eagle, and by then you couldn't see a thing. Third hole, birdie, fourth hole, birdie. But by the third and fourth hole, we didn't even try to see, John, John's over there sticking his camera up in the air to try and record something. It's the same thing. Zacchaeus couldn't see. But he did want to see Jesus. So this short, perhaps stocky fella, whose clothes were getting finer and finer and finer and finer, public enemy number one, right, climbed up a sycamore tree. Let that image go in your mind a little bit. He climbed up in a sycamore tree to see this friend of tax collectors and sinners. He just wanted to see Jesus. Because he knew Jesus was coming that way. 
And as if this story isn't dramatic enough, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at Zacchaeus, short, stocky fella, climbing a sycamore tree. Now, a sycamore tree is like a short oak tree. So think of the oak tree that we have out there, short and stocky. It, was, it had really, and it's a good thing, thick branches. It could hold Zacchaeus. It could hold a short, stocky guy if he could actually climb the tree, which he did. Just wanted to see Jesus. How about you? You want to just see Jesus today? Right? Jesus looked up to him and he said, Zacchaeus, like the words of the song, you come down. Public enemy number one. Are you kidding me? Think of the drama. Think of something like that happening in about, well, how long am I going to go? 20 minutes. We're all meandering out there, and we already just admitted we don't like sinners and tax collectors. What if a guy climbed up in the tree because he just wanted to see Jesus today? That's exactly what happened in the story. Can you go back one slide? Thank you. I must stay at your house today, Jesus says. I must stay at your house today. And here's the transformational moment. So he came down at once. Are you ready for this? And he welcomed him gladly. He welcomed him gladly. It's like he, it's like he opened up his big old short stocky heart. Actually, if it were me, I'd have just been glad to be down on the ground. And all the people, all the people, every, and all means all. All means all. All the people, they saw it and they muttered. <laughs> they grumbled. They complained. He's going to be the guest of a sinner, are you kidding me? What? Blasphemy. This can't happen. This isn't what good church people do. This can't possibly be a holy God embracing tax collectors and sinners. Are you kidding me? Next slide. But Zacchaeus stood up. Now, can you imagine getting to his house, bringing Jesus and all of his followers in? That would be kind of funny, actually. Brings them all home, impromptu, serendipity style for a meal. Don, can I get away with that? Can they all come over for lunch today? All right. Imagine me bringing a whole crew of people. This is where I start getting in my mind into the story, you know, like we've been doing in our soul at rest stuff. I start imagining, what was that like? What, did he have a wife? Did he have, a, did he have children? What if when they got, to, had, got together to sit down and eat, what if the, his child, if he had one, asked his mom, hey, if I'm going to open in prayer, what do I, what do I say? And can you, I'm imagining his mom say, well, just pray something like I would say. And then in my mind I'm thinking, here's his prayer. Dear God, why did my father invite all these people over here today for this meal? Maybe. 
You never know. But in the middle of this luncheon, Zacchaeus, Zach, public enemy number one, he stands up, which means he went from here to here. (laughs) Hey, Lord, here and now, check this out, friends, all you mutterers out there. Here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. Half. This guy takes a huge financial hit today. And we're just getting started. He gave half of his possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody, that's the way we make amends now. If I did anything wrong. If I cheated anybody out of anything, here's, here's the other kicker. I will give back four times the amount. So he already gave away 50%. So of his 50%, He's going to give back everything plus four more times. This guy could conceivably have lost 90% of his savings in this one outrageously audacious, generous act because he just wanted to see Jesus. And then Jesus says to him, notice the word today again, Remember in the text earlier? I must stay in your house today. Jesus picks up. Today, salvation has come to this, not just man, to this household. To this household. Not just Zacchaeus and his personal relationship with Jesus and ditching his 90% out of repentance, a change of heart. If he had a wife, if he had children, if he had help. Everybody in that house will now benefit from a man who went from public enemy number one with people muttering to a rich man passing through the eye of a needle. I wish you were up here with the bass because that would have been really cool. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. And here it is. This is why Luke's gospel exists. Pull out your Bibles. Pull out your apps. Highlight it in your app if you can do it. If you got your Bible, underline this. Highlight this. Ready? Say it with me. Last line. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the whole point of the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 19, verse 10. Chapter 19, verse 10. This is Luke's Gospel period. Everything is about seeking and saving the lost. Anything else is muttering. Thank you. How you doing with that? Is this slightly inspiring and challenging? Right? Slightly challenging and amazingly, to me anyway, inspiring. Maybe, just maybe, 
we have a slightly short-sighted view about what God's version of salvation actually looks like. I think there's three R's to a spiritual, and I'm going to call this a triple bypass. Anybody here had a bypass? Do they do those anymore? Yeah. 50 years ago, I feel old. 50 years ago, my grandfather had triple bypass. And uh, they were just getting started doing these triple bypass procedures. I'll never forget Grandpa Roy, my dad's dad, who also loved golf, and I, you know, I attribute him to all the hours and money I've spent on a golf course. He showed me his scars of this one day. Started up here and literally went completely down to his ankle. (laughs) I can remember visiting him in the hospital. He had to put a pillow in front of him. My grandpa liked to, to giggle. My grandpa had a, he was a short, stocky fella at the end. He was a tall, skinny guy when I remember him. But by the time I caught up and surpassed, he was a short, stocky fella. And he would, he would just giggle. <laughs> that, that part, right? That thing. That was my Grandpa Roy. But he couldn't giggle. He had to, he had to put a pillow. He had, to, he had to just embrace this pillow because it was so evasive. Literally, the length of his Zacchaeus-like body. And what I had a lot of fun about this text this week, besides the text, was getting inside the story and remembering my grandfather and being filled with total and complete gratitude for a lot of things we've publicly talked about today. But I think there's three hours of a spiritual bypass. I'm going to blow through these quick. First, you just sometimes need radical heart surgery. (laughs) Sometimes we all need a radical heart surgery. We just do. We just do. He explained, I remember him explaining the procedure to me. They First they cut him open here, and then they sawed his sternum in half, and then pulled it apart with, it's horrible, by the way. Hopefully nobody's hungry. (laughs) To get to the heart, and then they take a vein from the leg, and then they do the bypass. That says, I remember it. Radical heart surgery is needed. It happened to Zacchaeus, it happened to my grandfather, and it's happened to me, and I'm so thankful at age 17. I sat in a Bible study and this whole thing called the realm of God in some crazy, bizarre way made sense. Because when I remember going to the principal's office in junior high and high school, it was for really dumb reasons. Like Keith mentioned earlier. We need it. Because there's a lot of muttering going on in the world.
But that line, friends, burn it deep into the hard disk of your mind. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And when you go through a radical heart surgery, it repairs the whole body, number two. It really does. The whole body gets repaired. I mean, you have more energy, you sleep better. My grandpa ate better. Everything's improved. Everything gets readjusted and recalibrated and repositioned. And this story is positive because it's not just about accepting Jesus Christ, you know the phrase, as your personal Savior and Lord. It's not just about your personal response. This radical heart surgery repairs the whole body. Yes, he received Jesus with glad heart and welcomed him in joy. It was personal. It is personal. But the story of salvation in this text does not stop there. It continues. Did you see it? You know, some folks say, just preach the gospel. Okay, but the gospel's social. You can't just preach a heart salvation without other actions that follow, and they don't include muttering. Something domestic changed here. Did you see it in the story? I pointed it out. His whole household was reconciled. His entire household was repositioned to face Christ. It wasn't just you, Matteo. Your whole household. Everybody in your house was reestablished in some unique and powerful way. And it's social. He gave away half to the poor. He gave away half to the poor. He did it. It's not just about your relationship with God. It's not just about your heart. That's the starting point to what happens next. And it's economic. Do you notice the redistribution here? There's a lot of economic redistribution here. He was required by law to give back what he extorted plus 20%. He gave back 40%. 40. 40 after giving 50% away. Let that sink in. We have so much to be grateful for. This is the gospel. Truly is. The whole community was transformed. The whole community. That's why this story today is so powerful. It's the possibility of the transformation of an entire community. That's gospel good. It was then, and it is today. And friends, This holy contagion was unleashed. Seeking and saving the lost, lost sheep, lost coins, lost people.
It's a movement of God, the moon maker. It started 2,000 years ago. And it's never, ever stopped. Jesus did what an entire nation could not do. Jesus does what a church doesn't do. Jesus unleashes a man who will seek and save the lost with him in a totally transformational way. Man, that phrase. Put it on a a post-it note. Here's the action point. Take 1910 and write it on a post-it note and stick it on your mirror in your bathroom so that the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is you read this note. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And so the last thing you do before you, you put your bones in bed, the Son of Man came to seek and save. Seek and save. Roy, seek and save the lost. The lost. Not the found. The lost. Are you with me? Are you with me? That's relational. That's relevant. That's... Thank you for the first three rows. It is. Anything else? It's just a form of muttering. Let's pray. I don't want to mutter. I don't want to be a grumbler. I don't want to be a complainer. Psalm 32, the call to worship. I don't want to be a God defier. My bones are weary with that, Psalm 32. Wow. May this text go deep. May it go deep. May it challenge, inspire, and more importantly than either of those two, transform. Transform. Because you're the moon maker. And your delight is to see all people in all places and in all times flourish like a super blooming flower wherever it is planted. May it be so. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.